1: hashtag no music no intro another episode of the saints block party podcast coming at you different setup a little bit we are doing our third fourth fifth live show um and we're doing this live show a little differently uh so typically when we do a live show we do it live on youtube if you're watching this if you're not a subscriber watching this on youtube please hit like um and subscribe on youtube so you get notifications hit the turn on notifications so you know when we post any new videos any new episodes we're going live all that so typically our live shows um we've been doing them a live episode once a week and then if you miss the live show you can either go back and watch it on youtube or if you are not a youtube watcher you just want to listen to the podcast that is only available for patreons however this is a special youtube live show that we're doing we are talking about the clint kubiak OC hire. The Saints finally hired an OC, and so if you missed the YouTube version of this, it is going to be in podcast form for everyone, not just Patreons. Our Patreons still get the ad-free version of the podcast. Our dude, our brother, I'm part of G's actual family. People don't know this. It's true. (laughs) Our dude, (laughs) Geraldine, uh, the
2: co-host, one of the hosts of the (laughs) Co- <laughs> See? I, I i'm gonna stop adam right here for just one second because go. go adam the only thing that adam said worse than chocobo is my first name uh oh boy yeah <laughs> um it in, uh for all oh. everybody in the discord it's g uh I'm, <laughs> G, I'm about Chasers. It, it's it, my parents G. call me G. My wife calls me G. It's it's G everywhere. So, <laughs> thank you for
1: correcting me. Oh,
2: oh you're very welcome.
1: <laughs> no, I know I, I appreciate. It. I not be sarcastic. Um, but we wanted to have G on because he has been uh such a pillar of the saints black party podcast he has been supporting us for quite a while when we're saints twitter um he is one of the co-hosts of our affiliate podcast and like like we said when we're doing these live shows we want someone else that's on who's from the community so um and i feel like g is a perfect person to walk that balance of when the saints are being shitty he feels it but he rarely gets too too negative and i feel like this is a good podcast episode to kind of like smooth at us, smooth us out a little bit. And awesome. We we have we have some good shit to talk about. Like we I do. we have good news. I know we have been Debbie Downers, we have been pessimistic, we have been cynical, but this should for the most part be a hopefully uplifting <laughs> episode to some degree. Um Clint Kubiak, KK, K-squared. I know Derek Carr is on cloud nine with the two Ks joining as OC. Joining us from San Francisco, uh, playing in the Super Bowl next Sunday. Obviously, son of Gary Kubiak. He was OC for the Vikings in 2021. He is currently the San Francisco 49ers passing game coordinator. Agreed to become the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints for this upcoming season. Two-ish days ago. Thoughts when when that news came out. Oh, by the way, big shout out to all our people who are in like the chat and YouTube. I see you guys too. So don't worry. We'll we'll get to questions. We'll do all that. But thoughts.
2: Just thank God it's over, man. This oh. has been this has been exhausting. We've been oh. we've been kind of bracing ourselves for a potential Gruden shadow OC, you know, hire mm-hmm. and the fact that we didn't go that route is kind of a win in itself, but the fact that we are getting someone who is going to be, you know, implementing some of those more modern concepts, a lot more motion, really QB friendly, which, you know, whether or not you like Derek Carr, uh, I hate him as a person uh, and probably less as, less as a QB. But, um... Yeah, we, we got
1: Michael Thomas on the podcast, right? <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, I think my pigments a little too light for that, but, (laughs) but uh, no, I, uh, I'm very happy with it. Um, I think really, I mean, it's, it's obviously hard to get guys to come work with DA. So that's, that's something in itself, but to be able to kind of get this higher, I think it's, it's honestly a, a swing for the fences and they did pretty well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. Like when it, when it came out, you know, probably a week ago, it was really looking like they had targeted somebody from the forty nines, whether it's Brian Greasy right. or Clint Kubiak. And, look, Clint Kubiak just made a lot of sense, man. Like, you know, I'm sure Zach Robinson was number one on their list, but he was never coming to New Orleans. So to grab Kubiak, somebody from that, you know, that Shanahan tree sort of, that Gary Kubiak Shanahan, whatever you want to call it, um, I think it's a win for them, you know, like, Before we get to football stuff, you know what I'm saying? Before we see what the actual results are. Just getting that in place is a win. And on top of that, which I'm sure we're going to get to shortly, they're making other moves within the offensive staff, reflecting that change where they're not going to pigeonhole him with certain, you know, uh, offensive staff members and stuff like that. He's going to be able to create his own offensive staff and build it. And this this is going to be either works or it don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, either does or it I mean, shit. On so D eight, it's no excuses. Uh, Another year of none. no excuses.
1: No excuses this time, bro.
3: <laughs> no excuses. None.
1: <laughs> no excuses. Part two. Um, <laughs> I the sense I I get with somewhat maybe a little source, but it feels like Clint Kubiak and Brian Greasy when they started the search for offensive coordinator were, were not like on their on the radar really. Like they had a list of people that they wanted and they didn't get the callbacks or they didn't get the love from the people that they wanted. And so they kind of had to expand their search a bit. And listen, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's the life has a weird way of working out. Like you, you want a certain job, you want a certain position, you want a, something and it doesn't work out and you end up with like plan B or plan C, or I don't, I don't know where Clint Kubiak is on, on top of their plans. Maybe, I don't know if he been in the top five, but that said, it's not it's it's not any type of John Gruden that we know of. You know, he's not coming on the yes. team again that we know of yet. And that in and of itself is a win. And this is the first time since 2006 that the Saints are not going to run any type of Sean Payton variation, which is insane.
3: That is insane. Absolutely, wild. like wow. there there are <laughs> listeners to this podcast that only know. That offensive system, watching the Saints. Don't it's know 2024. We're I'm close would. to
1: like two two decades of like that's that is wild. That is wild. wild. Bro. Ryan hit on it, hit it on the head because with the first I heard about the hire, my my second question is like, all right, they hired him. Are they going to let him do what he wants to do offensively? Are they going to let him whatever his vision is offensively, whatever system he want to run, whatever type of coaches keep and. We've already started to see it. Doug Marone let go us out of old one coach. Um, obviously, that would probably indicate that Clint Kubiak has some guys that he's worked with that he wants to bring in, and that's kind of it's funny because we we've harped on DA for not having a rolodex for such a long time, but just in by hiring Clint Kubiak, <laughs> Clint Kubiak has a, a rolodex that DA didn't have exactly. access to before, so exactly. like now he's able to kind of. Fill the team out with some with some stuff, which is which is great. Um, my my big question now is this: I wonder how much juice was well, two. It's twofold. One, how I wonder how much juice Clint Kubiak is going to be able to actually kind of say as Ooh. OC. I, I'll give you a perfect example, and I'm not saying that he's going to have this much juice. I don't know if we've ever if we'll ever see this again. Do you remember when um, Mike Marks was the head coach of the Bears? And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I, don't, I don't use tight ends. Don't need tight ends. Greg Olson, you're drinking your to the Panthers. Yeah. Like, I he yeah. did that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> for third-round pick. For third-round pick.
1: <laughs> so I'm not saying, but to, not to that extreme, but if he, let's, I, a perfect example is I want to see how they approach this offseason. If Clint Kubiak comes in with his with his notes and he says, you know what, you guys got a similar player in, in AK um, at the running back position that I, I've seen in Christian McCaffrey this season, I have some ideas, whatever, some things to maybe utilize him in a way that can get him back to looking like the old AK. Is his voice going to be, is going to curry enough where maybe if they thought of trading AK, maybe he can say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we're not doing that. I, I'd be fascinated to know how how much... How much input he he actually
2: has yeah i I think he has to to be honest, because if they want you know we we've talked about it, and if you're not a member of the discord, here's a perfect chance to plug it i am I am a patreon um and that has blossomed for a into, long time man. yeah and uh, it's blossomed into a whole lot more obviously we're we're an affiliate podcast with these guys now and and but uh, the, the point I'm making is a lot of the discussion that goes on within the Discord is is really good. You, you get to see a lot of different points and a lot of different, you know, opinions about the way things should be run. Or, But one thing that I have thought is really interesting, and I can't remember who brought it up, but just the fact that what's going to happen if Kubiak comes in and the offense just totally starts humming, but now the defense starts taking a oh, step bro, back. I and I, I feel it, bro. The thing <laughs> that – well, and – it's not the worst thing in the world because if that, let's say that does happen, and let's say the Saints miss the playoffs again because the defense isn't good enough, right. totally valid possible uh, you know option there. Well, they don't make the playoffs in a perfect mm. world. Dia gets fired. Well, you already got the offense there. You already got the guy. Let's Just promote him to head coach. I mean, obviously they're going to do their their little sham head coach search, and they're going to bring in you know <laughs> they're going to. They're gonna satisfy the Rooney rule, even though they already know the guy they, they want to go ahead and hire, because I, I you know it's that's just how it goes, unfortunately. But I think that there is a lot of potential for this to go right, and then for the potential for it to go wrong, DA just gets fired, and then we just we clean house and then you house. you get to just do this all again next year, but we get to start from scratch, and that's that premise is exciting as well. So
1: yeah, it's all for a soul.
3: another another scenario is it doesn't work clint kubiak you know doesn't have the special sauce at least not enough to you know make Derek carl look good or not enough to make the run game hum. or maybe it takes a while for everything to click or you know who knows um and they miss the playoffs and the whole staff gets dumped and Next offseason, we're right back to square one trying to figure out everything all over again. Which with, would be with, like, like
1: Alison head coach? Oh my no, god. Gone, oh, okay. No,
3: with DA okay. gone too. But which would be like most like, you know, half the league does every year. They bring right. the new coordinators, new head coaches, new staff, it's net. And, that. and that's kind of where we are as the Saints team. Um uh, so it will be interesting, man. It's it's gonna be fun just to kind of see how everything all everything comes together throughout OTAs, mini camp, training camp—you know the staff that gets hired. um, Training camp reports, preseason—like we're gonna be hyper focused on everything because we've been so used to seeing, Mm -hmm. like we, like we watch Saints football. We know the plays that's coming up. We look at formations. We know what's about to happen. Like it's, it's, it's—we just know it. So it's gonna be exciting just to not know what's coming. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And
2: there's. I mean, I think you're going to have to study a little bit of. I was going to say, I guess you'd have to study a little bit of the 49ers, but he's he's kind of been everywhere. So, right, you know, you, right. there's not really a blueprint for like what this offense is potentially exactly. going to look like.
3: Yeah, like everybody, it seems like there was assumptions like, "Oh, we're going to get that Kyle Shanahan offense." I'm like, I mean, first <sighs> that's a tall order, like Kyle Shanahan is, like, <laughs> yes. No. So, yeah. and second, like he's, you know, he's yes, he's been with Shanahan, but. He kind of been, you know, he Gary Kubiak and all that stuff. So it's kind of like his chance to make his own, make his, you know, mm-hmm. offense. You know what I'm saying? And we don't know what that is. We're gonna. Well, and see-
2: I, I hope we get some of those concepts that his dad. Like I'm, I'm sure he's going to rely on his dad as a resource. Like you know, wh- whether we ever see him become like maybe an official consultant with the team or something. You see that happen, you know when. With father-son combos like this happen i know mike joined one of kyle's uh you know crews at one time but it just like i especially when it comes to like run blocking like i would really love to see a lot of those you know same concepts implemented so something that's
1: that's interesting to me and this this happens a lot is typically coaches do it a lot is that they like working with like uh, fami- uh, people who players who they're familiar with coaches. They're familiar with players. They're familiar with Yeah, It would be very. So I just, just on a whim, just pulled up like the Niners and the Vikings, like upcoming free agents to see offensively, like who were some offensive players, maybe offensive line. Cause I wonder if Clint Kubiak going to be able to, you know, say hey I, I i work this player you know on the line in san francisco you know he's not going to demand a lot of money but he could be a decent starter on the offensive line like little things like that let's intel like that is is extremely valuable um and it, it's probably giving a perspective and a you know different point of view that the saints haven't had and it feels like in such a, a long
0: period right. of time
1: because they've just right. been such so in their echo chamber of thoughts um and ultimately, for this to work, excuse me, for this to work, though, D.A. has to not worry about anything Clint Kubiak is doing. Yeah. And I would, imagine, I would imagine, since they're allowing him to bring in, bring in his like, assistants or whatever, that he's going to be given that luxury. Because a lot of, a lot of people still don't understand a big reason why a lot of offensive coordinators didn't want to work with the Saints, or specifically D.A., is that he was like mac- micromanaging the offense. Yeah, there's like, no autonomy there's like what what like so why would you why would you even think about coming to a team that already has some question marks in general, but if the head coach who's a defensive guy is gonna kind of tell you what system to run, so I would imagine being that he's a quick clue is gonna bring in some offensive assistants that he works with the people he wants to work with that he'll probably be able to hopefully be able to run whatever offense he wants to run. I watched one and a half games of. Clint Kuback as OC with the Vikings in 2021. I will say something that was a little surprising, and maybe he's learned a little bit from that, but it's not that long ago. There was not a lot of motion ran pre-snap. <gasps> well,
2: it was, it was pretty it,
1: it was very stagnant. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the same here, but, I, it, but obviously right. working with Kyle Shanahan, hopefully gives him a little a little insight into how important motion is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be fascinating.
3: Yeah, and you know to be pointed out, uh, players that they could bring in, you know that I wonder if he would have interest in uh, if they would have interest in bringing in Sam Darnold as a number two, because mm-hmm. uh, oh, you know, everything, everything I've heard they really like Darnold with the Forty Niners. Uh, they like to have having him there. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a free agent or not, but you know I imagine he, he is. would be available. He is. And you know, like as a QB as a pass game coordinator and a QB guy, you know you work with the backup quarterback back. a lot. You know what, a what I'm saying? Lot. So yeah, that could be somebody that could bring in that kinda of knows what he wants, you know what I'm saying? And it could work he could work with Tandem with Derek Carr and all that and then kinda of like have a little backup plan in case Derek Carr kinda of stinks it up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you know, saying mm. Sam Donald gonna be anything, but Sam Donald is a talented, you know, he has you pedigree. Mean, he was, you mean the Sam Darnold that came came back against the Saints in week 17 two seasons ago? That's Sam <laughs> Donald right? Yes, him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. Just the don't get that- all-
2: stats in- from that game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. The player that stands out to me the most when I'm looking at these free agents, and I know I think he's like technically an exclusive rights free agent, if I remember correctly. Maybe he's not. Is Jawan Jennings? right receiver from the, for the 49ers. And I
2: think he's going to be a dude that's really sought after because you're you're finding less and less of those really big-bodied possession, you know, basically kind of a Mike Thomas-like, like just mm-hmm. big-bodied possession-style receivers.
1: It's just so not I, really
2: available. I see – I
1: watched a lot of him last year, obviously, because of Jay, right? So I saw a lot of him. And when he became a free agent this past free agency in – People were not signing him. I was a little surprised because every Niners game I watched, he was making big catches, clutch catches, possession receiver—just one of those guys that just does the, the dirty work and doesn't get like a lot of buzz about it. And like, you need guys like that. Like, those yeah. guys are crucial to your team. And he didn't—he didn't get like he didn't get any buzz, so he signed, resigned with the Niners, and it was no big thing. Like, if that's a guy that would make a lot of sense for the Saints, especially since Michael yeah. Thomas is. No, no longer going to be with the team. Uh, someone said two Jawans on the team. Different spellings. Di- different spellings, Mike. And not the same spell. <laughs> um, no cap, no filter says, Clint going to come through clutch whenever we face the 49ers down the road these next few years. Hopefully we can poach the players and staff. Please. Please.
3: <laughs> we <Man>. need
1: it. <laughs> we need
2: it. You, you know what? And I, I was just thinking about this. What's crazy is... Going back to like nobody wanting to work with with Da and and Click coming over, it, all it takes is one good year as an OC to become a head coach, and you have guys who That's won't it, come in like even like. And the Saints have good weapons too. Like you've got Alabi, yeah. you've got She, you've got Derek Carr, who is a quarterback who can get those guys the ball if you don't put pressure in his face. Like really, he is he's so sensitive to that, but just. One quick thing wanted to add because that's just insane.
1: That's wow. Isn't that wow? And it, it happened like almost two seasons in a row, pretty yeah. much. Like, it's like, but listen, that said, Clint the OC, Doug Marone's gone. Can we just briefly hit on this Mike, Michael Thomas, Derek Carr thing? Oh, or, just when it was going good,
3: right? <laughs> oh, just a be a positive.
1: All I'm going to say is this. The Derek Carr podcast he was on, I don't even know the name of it, but I didn't listen to it. What I read just highly, highly emphasized how much of a con artist this guy is. Like, Like, it was so slick. It was so slick,
3: bro. Slick. Like it, bro, bro it's just straight gaslighting, man. Like, I audibly, I, I audibly laughed read it. I was just like, <laughs> that motherfucker, like he's a trick. Maybe I trip. didn't throw the best ball, but like, but, you know, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Like, I don't throw a perfect ball 100 out of 100 times. You know, bro, so get I'm the, like, the fuck out of here. Like, come on.
1: The the big thing to me was the, the, the Chris Olave thing. Oh yes. that like jealousy that yeah. that t- like the way it was worded and he listen he's sly as shit but
3: he is sly bro like bro. he's sly as, so as the way he did it he was like yo you know we came in we were making him the number one receiver and you know understand the frustration but look Chris oh, Olave is his Chris. guy that's his guy he kept saying Chris Olave oh, is his guy bro it's like i see what you're doing boy i see what you're doing
2: man that that ohio state fraternity like that that brotherhood that and it's not just a saints thing it's league wide like those guys have a love and respect for each other so to think that in any way shape or form like i think i think mike is realistic and he knows that like it's been a really frustrating last few years but for sure to think that he's there's some animosity or some jealousy because they're Yes, they picked Mike. They picked Chris Olavi in the first round and expect him to be, you know, part of this team for the next decade plus. That's what you do when you make a right. that first round pick. But just for him to come out and say what he did is just asinine. Wow. Asinine, bro. Asinine.
1: Like, it 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 would it would have it would have made a little more sense if he did that if Michael Thomas literally didn't like during the season like come to Chris Olave's defense like on Twitter like like what are you, like we're oh. not dumb like you <laughs> dummy you idiot
3: like he you just and i also hate i hate the the narrative building that oh boy mike mike thomas's tweets and stuff like that is due to his frustration with them and injury like like, my, Mike has been tweeting the, the way
1: Mike has been tweeting since he's got drafted. Like, Mike's thing always game game, Mike, the only Mike thing always been Mike. The only thing is he's been hurt, so he's not putting up the numbers. So the people who call themselves fans and he's tweeting the same way, they don't want to hear it now because he, they see that he's not, quote-unquote, productive. He's always been the same player and kept shit real. He's not changed. Not one time.
2: No, he just went from a, you know, Hall of Fame dude throwing him to the ball to to this and you know what's really shitty is Derek Carr made some stupid fucking Instagram posts like a day or two after the whole my comments came out and the man, thing that's what
1: con- what
2: okay but the thing that's concerning is how many players were like yeah like like firing up their QB and I don't know if it's just a show of support but like there's a bunch of dudes who it's like man you you really agree with like what he's saying like it just that felt really slimy and it's like it's guys like but has so, boy, got jobs man they like shit hey, hey, I, get that. I get it but it's it's you know Pete Werner uh, which is you know
1: but Ryan made a, a good po- a point on this on Twitter of like it was like defensive players and like tight end threes bro like, yeah.
2: like, <laughs> like
3: you know you don't Eric McCoy yet, you know what I'm saying like, yeah Where's, where's, where's Crystal and like, I'm, just, I'm just, just
2: saying. Eric was um, quite too busy in the Pro Bowl because he's actually good enough to make it. So,
1: Demario Davis was the Pro Bowl MVP. I didn't watch, not watch it, a single, so. <laughs> single second of it. Um,
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: Do you feel that now with Clint Kubiak? Because it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, in regards to like how how much input is he actually going to have? Is he going to be able to come in first year as, as as OC for the Saints, second time as an OC, and if he has a strong conviction on a player or a position when the Saints are on the clock, is like I'm, and we'll never really potentially know. But I'm fascinated to know how much that's going to go into their decision making and how much input he may have regarding like their their draft board when it comes to players who may be may be available when they're drafted in the draft in a couple of months.
2: Right. I I'll say this. I I mean, I would hope that any OC obviously would have their voice heard in those kind of conversations because it. The NFL is so unlike every other sport where it is just like this monumental group effort and everything kind of has to mold together to make because no product is going to be perfect, obviously, but it has to be it has to be something. And so, you know, whether they do target O-line or, you know, a wide receiver or tight end or, or D-line or say, you know, whatever it is, I just hope that there's a strong consensus like that. That's my biggest right. thing. Like mm-hmm. I want everybody to be on the same page that like, yeah, we got the guy we wanted. We, we, you know, whether that's Brock Bowers, whether that's a, you know, a Lou Fox, new, lady. give me, Woo. Woo. <laughs> whoever it is, I, you know, oh. D, de- you know, if it's Jared verse, if it's, you know, law 2, like whoever that ends up being, let it, let it just be someone that everybody was like, okay, let's do this. And then if, yeah. You know, if they're not going to pick your guy in that first round, like, know that, like, there's the confidence that, okay, we're going to address these needs later on in the draft. We're going to go get another right. wide receiver. We're going to go do, you know, and the thing is, like, I'm I'm one of those people, I don't necessarily think that wide receivers is big of a need next year. Like, there's a lot of guys, like, I'd I'd love right. to see Lynn Bowden get more, more stuff. A.T. A. Perry is obviously a guy who came on really strong at the end of last year. You know, and that's that's a starting four wide receivers. You probably want another guy in there, at least one. But, again, yeah. that's where a, a Juwan Jennings or, or, you know, you find a big-bodied guy in the draft or something like that.
3: But right, right. I'd just say offensive weapon is a need, whether yeah. that's a tight yeah. end, whether that's a, like a, a gadget wide receiver that can, you know, carry, make run the ball, carry the ball, and catch the ball, whether that's a running back who could, you know, do everything. They got some juice. They just need like a juicy weapon, bro. Somebody that could just break somebody. Stuff. Oh, break some stuff. Not, bro. Yeah. Juicy, bro. Just, just, just just somebody that can bust some stuff open, man. You know, bust it open. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, like uh, regarding the draft, you know, I mean, it's just that's just how it works. I mean, the scouts do their reports, then it moves on to the coaches, and the coaches have to look over players. They, you know, they it's gonna be real interesting, you know, how much input uh Clint Kubiak has, especially with the O line. Uh, you know, does he want the more, want a more athletic uh offensive line? You know, James Hurst, like do you wanna run some God, inside I zone? I mean, I know they run some inside zone outside zone already, but do you we don't do it well. You know what I'm saying? So do you want some offensive linemen that can run some stretch zone and stuff like that that are really good at it? Uh we're going to see, man. Like, he's, I, I would hope that he has, and whoever he brings in for the offensive line, I think they're going to get that uh, anti vax guy. That was like, hell no, I'm not taking that. Oh, Rich, Rich Dennison? Yeah, I'm not getting the jab. Uh, i getting the jab. Would uh, the jab.
0: Him, and, him, the and,
3: him and Pasta Debo are going to be best buds. Just oh, like. like, what's up, homie? They probably already be texting each other, you know? But, uh. But you know, I mean, whatever, bro. If you can coach offline, O line, O-line, come on, man, Hey, shit, everything <laughs> rolling. Bro. Cam, Cam
1: Mackey said it wasn't. It wasn't COVID. Uh, oh,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric Martinez in the chat says, is Clint Kubiak going to be able to run his offense or or the, run the offense how Da wants
3: it to be ran? We wish we knew. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Um, what? Let me ask you all this: What does the offense have to look like for? Derek Carr to be the best Derek Carr he could be.
2: A lot of play action. I I think mm. I think you have to emphasize the run game because if you can run, you're going to get more from your play action, and then from there, you're. I think it just the whole line works better when they can run block. So I think that has to be a huge point of emphasis. Like I want to see I want to see Kendry Miller, health assuming obviously, get a ton more carries this year. Want to see you know, AK be utilized the way that we know he should be, you know, and, and I, that's one thing I think is really exciting is because obviously Clint's been working with, you know, Christian McCaffrey and, and obviously McCaffrey and AK have a ton of comparisons. And I mean, McCaffrey, let's be honest, has been outperforming AK heavily over the last few years. Um, And it it was kind of the other way around the few years before that, because Mm -hmm. McCaffrey can never stay healthy and then dude gets traded and all of a sudden has never been hurt ever since so
1: <laughs> got tra- and got traded he been he's been lucky injury health-wise and he also got paired with the offensive coordinator that knows how to utilize chris McCaffrey to the best of his ability like Ooh. that first game he played against the rams that was that was the raiders saints meetup last year and we went to uh walk or mannings after that and like chris McCaffrey chris threw a touchdown against like the rams and it's first yep. game with the Niners. Yeah. So like like you ha you have to like so hopefully and I have no insight or intel if they will keep AK or are they gonna still trade. I don't know. But I would I would say that with a hire like this, I would say in theory it would it should up the chances of keeping AK because you have someone coming from an offense that sees how vital it is to have a playmaker at that at that position um for me with with Derek Carr I always go back to the best version of Derek Carr was with the Raiders was under John Gruden and John Gruden and uh Mike McCool, uh Mike uh Mayock really built that offensive line that was when they had like the races with incognito. I think Colton Miller, Miller was on the line they, they had drafted Domin-
2: him during that period yeah, yeah.
1: They had Donald Penn, I believe, too. I don't it's also very sick that I can just know this off the top of my head. Just a big sicko. But like that offensive line was like bullies. And they and John Gruden leaned heavily into the run game. And Derek Carr didn't have to go out and be like a superstar quarterback. He just let and when he needed to make make plays and make throws when the when the office needed it, he did it, and he did it very, very, very well that season. That to me is how you get the best version of of Derek Carr. So whatever whatever the, the the reality is to get there, I would say that's how I I hope the Saints kind of try to do it. I will say though something that's very interesting to me is if you look at the Niners offensive line, right? Obviously they have Trent Williams, who's one of the best offensive, like offensive tackles. Of the football has been for a while. They have a, a first round pick selection at right tackling. Wait no, Mike McGl- Mike McGlinchey or Mike is with Denver now. With the Denver, so they only have one offensive lineman that's been a first round pick. So m- maybe Clint Kubiak doesn't. Maybe he doesn't think that you know he they need an offensive line in the first round. Maybe they can maybe get some guys in free agency. I'm fascinated to see what they do in free agency. Like this free agency for the Saints, and I get it, money wise, cap wise. Oh shit, we got to talk about fucking Derek Carr fucking restructuring his contract. Oh, um, but money-wise, cap-wise, they'll do what they'll do. They, they still will sign some players that they have their eye on, whatever. This free agency has to be about addressing needs. Address as many needs as you can in free agency. So that when it's on the clock, you can just take whoever the best player is there.
3: Because right.
1: they have to stop this shit where they're they're just trying to chase this need and they're just getting the pick wrong and they're like, stop it. Just try yeah. to get the need in free agency,
3: please. Right. Yeah, and that's usually how they approach it. It's usually must wants and need, must needs and wants. Uh so they you know, usually with free agency, they try to address their musts. Um uh, see what they could. I mean, they, the problem the issue this year is like their musts are at very expensive positions like defensive yeah. end and offensive yep. line, so it might be one of the things we gotta wait for the draft to address it. But if they can, if they get, can get a you know an upgrade at left guard in free agency, which shouldn't break the bank, uh, if they can find a you know maybe a defensive end that's just starting to kind of show that peak that you can get hey, from
1: the,
3: the floor. It's <laughs> hey, like on my that. list, man. <laughs> Make those moves, you know, and you know, that doesn't mean you ignore it in the draft, but at least that's a position you addressed, and you can go into the draft with a full open mind and, and just go get the best players you can in the draft.
1: Yeah, they have a very, a very limited amount of draft picks because they do the Saints, right, like a very, very limited amount of draft picks.
2: Sucks. This would be the year that honestly it would not be a terrible idea to move down because if you could get. Some of those, you know, second, third rounders. they're so one thing that's been a really hot topic in senior bowl this week is O line play has been great. They've said that the the tackles that are there have been really good. So I don't know if we'll see a run early on. Well, you know, you know, the Saints love to see bowl, so they they do, and so and it's not like we have a tackle who's you know withering away on the bench right now. So
1: my hot take is that the offensive line is not as dire as people make it out to be. I it's will not, stand by
3: this. I, I would it's agree. Not. Yeah. For I, the last... I don't,
1: I, I, I do not think it's as dire as that they, in I, what I don't want them to do is what I felt they did when they drafted Trevor Penning. And we've talked about this on the podcast before is that Teron left and he was injured, but James Hurst filled in. I was screaming all through that off season. Like, James Hurst was okay. Like, he was okay to the point of maybe, like, serviceable to the point that you could at least have held out and not draft a left tackle in round one. But they did anyway. And I'm not putting this all on Trevor Penning because I think some of that is coaching and, and vendetta and what have you. Um, and he also hasn't played. But that that's a completely different draft that they have drafted. Let's say that draft is, like, Chris Olave and Kyle Hamilton instead, right? Like, that. the whole, like, outlook of the team looks... Tremendously different, but because right. they tried to feel that need of because they felt that left tackle was such a strong need, they mm-hmm. went with Trevor Penny. They wanted to draft um, Charles Cross, and they wanted to trade mm-hmm. up. They couldn't do it, and so like Trevor Penney was their backup plan. And I don't like, and again, obviously the most the mu- the must this off season, which is fucking wild, is Andrew Speed. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> crazy, Man. bro. What? Gotta, a, gotta get that what a shift.
3: Right which is crazy because Hurst was playing left tackle. He's at guard left guard now. And Pete is back to tackle. It's like what in the world? Insane. It's insane. And, and I mean, Pete can
2: have a market, man. O line play across the league was shit oh, last year. Absolutely. So,
3: no and
2: it, to have a semi quality left tackle, just come available. And he probably, he's not going to sign a, you know, five year deal or anything like that. Like he's, he's older. He's, 30 might be might be 31 or 32 at this point but like you're you're not signing up for this huge commitment so i i think he's gonna have a market so we'll we'll have to see you know maybe uh maybe his old buddy sean's gonna give him a call we'll Well, see
1: then they like they got garrett bowles who's a whatever uh our dude rob (laughs) says pete has more lives than than a black cat i would just love i i would love i want to tell this to rob on on the stream he has no idea how many times like that me and Jay in real life will say, "Please delete." I have an agenda to push now. Like we say it all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Rob, for that. <laughs> uh, let, okay, let me just roll roll this version of offensive line out for you. And I'm not saying this is a great one, but it just may be enough to be decent and good enough, right? Peter left tackle, Trevor Penning at guard this is all fantasy right we don't know if he could play guard we're just we're just playing around yeah Eric McCoy at center where at right guard and I'm gonna I know he got injured but let's say for Schist and giggles landing young at right tackle right because he played two games at right tackle and at least against Kavon Thibodeau he looked the part like he looked damn good like playing that role was that fool's goal I don't know but it, like could th- could that be enough to be like the starting o-line like in theory Yes, I don't think the team wants that to be enough. I'm just to the point of just, just please just go draft a good player. And at least in, in round one and round two, it needs to be a good player. Like, don't focus on the position. Just draft a good fucking player.
2: It needs to be a starter, man. It needs to be a contributor. It needs please. to be somebody who is going to come in. And, you know, it needs to be like, Olave is, is a great example. He is a great player, an ascending player. He is like a near pro bowl level player like but they don't have to be to that level like give me somebody who is competent and who can just come in give me a seven sack a year defensive end like I'm not going to be upset at that give me Alex Okafor level talent like just somebody who can come in and be good
3: yeah no was, if they could they really need it man like need yeah. this draft is so crucial even with as little the few picks that they have, if they could come out with three starters, it just sets everything in balance. Because then you can look at your, look at your last year's draft picks. Maybe Falsky is able could, able to contribute this year. You know, maybe um, uh, who else did we draft? Uh, Kendre Miller. Maybe he has a healthy season. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Brian Percy. He takes a second step and becomes a more you know. A, a more contributor on the, on the defensive line. So then everything started to come to balance because, okay, you got this you know, new draft class, they contributed, and then your draft class from last year, they starting to contribute more. Now you've got a young core that's really starting to come together. Now you're starting to cook. We'll see, okay.
1: though. We have questions. How would Brock Bowers look in this Saints offense?
2: Hmm. I mean, I, I think, obviously, you've got a guy coming from, from San Francisco. I think they tried it. Emulate a lot of the stuff that San Francisco does with Kittle, but good
3: How does uh, Brock doing the blocking game? Like, I, I haven't really watched his run, you know, he's, his blocking snaps and nothing like that.
1: He's, okay. he's, a, dog. To...
3: he's okay. a dog, bro.
1: Like, he he, he probably is, I, I would say, as a prospect. Like, if just imagine, I guess, like Rob Gronkowski as like a tight end prospect, but in college, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be that in the NFL. But like all-around prospect in college, that's that's to hit w- like what his game was. Um, but yeah, I think G said it like the Kittle the Kittle comparison makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Um, Dante says, if Car restructures, what are the top
2: three free agent needs? I think it's not an if. I think it's I think it's a done deal at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's done. Dante, Dante's peak. Um edge rusher to me, edge rusher is number one. Um, I know I'll say I'll my, one of mine is edge rusher. I'll, I'll let G and, and Ryan
2: say, say theirs. um, I'll, you know, I'll say safety. Um, I think that we have seen a little bit of signs of slipping from honey badger. I, I mean, so, Kansas City and Houston, they they recognized when they let, or I guess it was Kansas City in this case, they recognized when they let him go that he was a player that he was past his prime and he he wasn't going to be worth the contract he was going to sign in free agency. So, and to his credit, he has made some some great plays in certain aspects, and then you just see him get fucking dog walked. You know, he gets just obliterated by like some yeah. stiff arm, you know, in just, he has one of those plays like per game where he just gets absolutely destroyed. And part of it's a size thing. Like he's not a big safety, but he's also, he's just also a little older and he's he's not older. as fast. He's not yeah. as athletic. So I think, I think safety DB, especially with a potential, you know, Marshawn leaving, like obviously you got to, I think Isaac Yadam's going to be a free agent. So obviously resigning him should be a priority. Uh, but you got to get a slot guy because assuming that, you know, you trade Marshawn, the hope is that you'd move Alante back to their perimeter.
1: I'll
3: so. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you could also, like you mentioned, safety. I mean, what do they do with Marcus May? Does he get cut? Uh, they need speed on defense, bro. Like, speed, yes. man. I feel like the speed in the middle of the defense is lacking. I mean, Demario Davis – I mean, God bless him, the dude just keep performing, but he's started to show a few cracks in the armor this year, even though he was still terrific. Um, so he's gonna slow up. Pete Werner, we saw him kind of take a t- step back mm-hmm. this year. Uh safety play's been slow. So I mean the middle of the field dictates the speed of your offense. I mean your defense. And I just feel like there's not a lot of speed there. So I just I would like to see somebody, whether that's a safety, whether that's a linebacker. Uh, somebody maybe that could potentially take over for Demario when he leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. that could come in and linebackers aren't really expensive. Like I wouldn't expect them to go and pay like a Patrick Queen or somebody like that. There are linebackers you can get much cheaper that can come in and you know provide some. Even like I mean, look at Demario Davis for example. It wasn't like he was this right. highly sought after linebacker when he was leaving the uh, he was leaving the Bronx, Jets. Jets, Jets. Jets, yeah. So it's like you can find these guys. So I think that's something they need to address because. I don't trust them motherfuckers drafting a linebacker. Period. At I don't trust all, Ryan at all. At all. Um, let me let
1: me have I have the linebackers right here who are free agents. Um, Devin White, uh, Josie Jewel, um, Isaiah Simmons, Aziz Ashulari would actually be a like. I just wonder at what point do they maybe start, stop going away, like stop maybe going from what their prototypes have been. And, hmm. and I don't know if this is the, if this is the year that they're going to start, you know, because that, you know, we have Zach Vaughn who had a, a good season for his standards when they started doing what he does. Yeah. Well, um, it'll be, but it'll be interesting to see. Like there's, there's like this list of like linebackers is a long list. Um, and you can get a guy, Jordan Brooks. How? Wait, Jordan Brooks is a, a UFA coming up? Did they not pick up his fifth-year option? Interesting. Um, but there there are players that they could... Sh- shout out Stefan Anthony. Bro, <laughs> it's a long list. Stephon Anthony. Uh, He's coaching at Clemson Ford. now. Kyrie Ford.
2: Coaching. Stephon Anthony coaching. <laughs> Couldn't learn a playbook, but he's supposed to be teaching hey, everybody else. Like,
3: hey, oh. listen, <laughs> the
1: the the Stephon step
3: Clap. Oh, hey, so damn so, hey. he went hey. that way. I was, supposed, I was supposed to listen, right? Oh.
2: Yeah, bro hey. had like Iconic. 150 tackles his rookie year, and you realize oh, they're all seven yards downfield. Oh, like, don't,
3: don't get me don't get me started on that argument. People will bring up man, he got. 120 tackles. He like, had Whoa. a pick too, and I remember it was in the Indianapolis game, and I was like, "Hey, that was a pretty
2: good play." And then, yep. rest of the year just, uh, uh,
1: oh. Oh, Taki Taki's a free agent. There's there's good linebackers. There's some guys now. Like, yeah, there there's are there are. Um. So what what are overall thoughts regarding the the Derek Carr restructure?
2: I mean, it was – I think it was just necessary. It's the biggest thing that you can do to free up cap. So, it, if it was, like, a big surprise, maybe that's, you know, yeah, it was, it's harder it to was take.
3: No but. surprise. It was what they were going to do. Unless I mean, Derek, If Derek Carr, like, flamed out last season and, like, just like completely crashed, like, what was the game? Uh, was it Jacksonville? Um, it was before the Giants game. What was the game before the Giants game? I think it might have been Jacksonville. Yeah,
0: not Jacksonville.
3: Like, if if he didn't turn it around after that and just continue to suck, mm. then that would have been a situation where it's like, look, maybe we don't restructure him this year, figure something out, do some Kyle Harley voodoo to the to where maybe you don't cut him this year, but you get to the point where you can't cut him in twenty twenty five and not have huge ramifications or whatever. But yeah. the way he finished, the way he finished, bro, he, he had the nice little twenty five touchdowns and nine interceptions, and a nice, they were just like, "Fuck that, we we gon' we are gonna restructure that deal because he is our quarterback. He's here to stay, baby." No. <laughs> Y'all don't saw this slide man. Uh, it's yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you about. I think Clint will. Well, I think Clint will help him have a good year. Uh, obviously, depending on a lot of factors, but right there, there is some signs for encouragement for sure. But I mean, he just he's an empty stat guy. Like you know, he mm-hmm. he's a oh, there's a basketball player, and I'm he, forgetting he, his name.
1: He's the offensive version of stuff Anthony. Yeah, honestly, but like. <laughs> he, And and in so like not not
2: smart, (laughs) we'll we'll put up meaningless fucking stats. Yeah, but and in blowout games, he's gonna look like a superstar. He will look like the guy that you pay fifty million dollars to, and you're like, man, we we actually got him for less than that. Like we got a deal. But bro, listen, if you just look at those, and this is how this is the Derek
1: Carr experience. If you just look at those last four games of this season, man, you you get how NFL teams are like,
3: yeah. He's on
2: yeah. pace for like fifty touchdowns if you look at it that <laughs> way. Like, <laughs> also look at who he was playing those last four games. Like it, oh, my you know, man, man was going going
1: against. Uh, oh fuck, what's his name? The Falcons quarterback. that's terrible Desmond Ritter. Which like, one? Like, like, like <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, but, but that's I, the thing. Like, I just wish their standard was. How does Derek Carr look when the opposing quarterback is like a stud? Like, like, can we look at those games? Like, at, like, they're like, oh, what did you like? That's how I wish that they would ask ask their their question. Wait, sorry. Oh no, Steph Sherman. No, we're good. G just froze. well this this is this is a a a live show um so we're gonna keep it rolling yeah he'll he drops he'll come back in question for you ryan and we'll we'll get ready to wrap this up when g comes back you know who's a free agent this upcoming season i have no idea if they would do it it would make a lot... I don't know how much sense it would make, especially when they, when they drafted Kendra Miller, and they have to decide what they want to do um, with AK. Josh Jacobs. Hmm. There we go. Sorry oh, about that, boys. Josh Jacob. All good. I was just telling Ryan, we're, we're wrapping up soon, but just someone that I saw on this list, I'm just looking at like free agents for the Suckerman, uh free agency, uh, period, and he doesn't make a lot of sense, but in other ways he does make a lot of sense is that Josh Jacobs is a
2: free agent from the Raiders. A-
3: hmm.
2: He's, you know, I, there's going to be a lot of hesitancy from the league giving out like larger contracts to running backs who are yeah. not Christian McCaffrey. And right. You know, we even saw it last year, like the top running back in free agency was miles Sanders. And he That's was crazy. Awful. Last year, oh, he was right. so bad, oh. and he got like I don't know if he got like 20 or 30 million total over like a five year deal or something. Mm-hmm. And it's only gonna get worse from this point, yeah. Like, yeah. so it's there's
3: like, he signed like a one year deal, didn't he? Yeah,
2: but yeah. and he could still get franchised next year, too. So, yeah, yeah, but you're gonna have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, uh, Tony Pollard was also on the tag this year. Um, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, but he was he was pretty awful this year. Um, yeah, there's there's some decent like mid tier guys like Devin Singletary is going to be a free agent, but I I do think mm. Houston's going to work pretty hard to try and re sign him. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a pretty solid year in Philly, um, and Philly doesn't pay running back, so would not be surprised if he's somewhere else. Um, Adams Adams Bay Deontay Foreman's going to be a free agent again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a had a not terrible year. To that whole running scheme for the Bears was pretty bad. So, yeah. She give me um, what she
3: bought the Falcons. Tyler Algier or whatever. As, man, see like he went off anytime he played against the Bears. I don't know. How ru- he did it. Ru- run me. Um. Oh fuck the
1: Tennessee running back, tight end or not, wide receiver, played for the Falcons. Oh. He ran a t- uh, kickback against us. I can't think of his fucking name right oh, now. I'm on it. What him. was his name? He switched. Uh, it's it's on to oh, my toe. Uh, come on, man.
3: Uh, I, don't, I have I'm gonna, no idea I'm who gonna,
2: you guys are talking about.
3: He used to play
1: with the Vikings. Vikings. and then he said ta- It's going to drive me Why crazy. Why was
3: even switched to run back? Like, what's wrong with Cordero- my head? Cordero Oh,
1: Cordero- Cordero- Cordero oh, Paz, Cordero- oh see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would like if you want to talk about juicy players, I would be fascinated to see Cordero Patterson. And I'm assume, and I don't want to assume that a Clint Kubiak offense is going to look like a, a Kyle Shanahan offense, but like right. just just a, a modern offense that's not a Sean Payton offense. Yeah. You bring in Cordero Patterson running some some ghost action, and and that's a player that if you just want to go like cheap, Cordero Patterson is not going to cost a lot of money and Bro. he could be a running back he could be tied in he could have like that's. I want I wanted the Saints to sign him last offseason when they he made that first full transition to running back and he like looked really good all the last season and then Arthur Smith just can't fucking coach offense <laughs> well to get balls to his playmakers it's weird but that's a player that if I'm the Saints I'm like hey we've we've seen him like he's yeah. in our division
2: yeah absolutely That'd be like a
1: nice a nice little oh sorry. <laughs> Wayne was like, look in the chat. Sorry. Thank you, Wayne. Um <laughs> uh, Eric said but when what will we do with Jamal Williams? You know what, Eric man? I man. don't know and I don't care. I,
2: I, I hope he's said. I hope he slims down and plays fullback. <laughs> he can he can replace Adam Prentice for all I care. Um
1: the timer oh, Lee Jones. Yeah. I don't care,
3: yeah. he, got, he got his touchdown, he got his touchdown. Like, yeah.
1: Thanks to Jameis. Yeah. No thanks
2: to Da. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Like, Statisticians gonna be like, did you know that he ran for 18 touchdowns in two seasons, and 17 of those came in one year? Like, uh, uh, you know, a guy I really like in the the running back crop um, is Zach Moss from Indy. Did yeah, a really awesome yeah. job filling oh, in for uh, for. Jonathan Taylor, when he was out. Ooh, um, yeah. Also. That's a
1: good one.
2: That's so good, good he's still relatively young. He's 26. Like, there's not a lot of mileage because he was never the feature guy in Buffalo when he was there before. So that's another name they I definitely just, like to keep an eye on. That's a good one. That's a
1: good one. They could
3: just Tony, like re-print that same little contract that they give every running back, that little four year term. Yeah. 416, four, four, yeah. bro.
2: 416. Yeah.
3: yeah. Latavius <laughs> Murray, Mark Ingram, like, here you go. Just just, write just out using, the name. Yes. Just here you go, bro. Uh, Come on down. Come on down. For um, real, though.
1: That, that's a that's a great, and l- l- listen, I don't want I don't like to- tooting our horns too much, but front office, when y'all listen to this on on Monday morning. <laughs> let's, let's Man. Gee, just take some just take some notes down. Have just, a, a note no, yeah. just write some names. Zach Moss, Cordero Power. Just write some names down. That's always saying that's always there's, saying. A, there's a few guys on that oh. list. Yep. You know. uh, Eric, Eric Martinez says Kendra was looking special at the end of last season. Special was a, a little strong, but he little looks little like little he strong. But he looked like he belonged, but uh, right. that was like in one game. Like we you cannot as a as a as a smart professional football sports team not night football you cannot put all your eggs into like one game because all of uh our, our dude q in the chat says i can see them trading jamal
2: got got some for what?
1: Sorry, bro.
2: yeah who's who's gonna take him and for that contract i mean there's there's that is he not, led the league is. in touchdowns the year before and, mm-hmm. and the lions are like best of luck to you man
1: yes eric uh kendra was flashing to say the least it, it was one game. So they should not bank on that being a, a thing. Like a smart team will say, okay, cool. You, you flashed in that one game. He was that hurt boy in college.
3: Was, that boy's getting injured like on Tuesdays. Like he can not even practice on Tuesdays. Like what, are you, like, what is going on here? He'd be off the reporter, bank on the reporters. Like what is going on, man? I don't know. Yeah, you,
1: you, can't, you can't depend on that. I, they're, that's funny. You say that. Speaking of going back to that kind of Clint Kubiak, maybe tree and Rolodex. The Niners always have like these backup running backs that that they've had in the past that's played well behind C Mac or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know if they're free agents. I, I don't. I can't even think of uh, Jordan Mason's one of them. There's another one. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, I don't well,
2: know. They've, like, they've I, had guys in the past who were the exact same. You know, Matt Breida looked like he was going to be a superstar for like four games, mm-hmm. and then you had. I mean, Raheem Mostert is Mostert, that dude yeah. for for Miami yeah. now. But, yes, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. the only one that left who has been that guy. Like, yeah, I, th- yes, I think it's all true. just a system thing. I think that it's just – it's a system that accentuates their strengths. They do a really good job of getting really athletic guys in that position. And mm-hmm. you see the results.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw it going back to when Mike Shanahan was – with the the racial slur franchise team when he traded Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey like that yep. was like a perfect perfect example of that um so anyhow this was fun thank y'all for joining us in the chat on on did someone just did you unzip your zipper gee what the fuck that was my chair was my chair oh, oh like, we, getting, we getting late <laughs> night
3: SBP <laughs> oh, after dark,
1: yeah. oh, <laughs> Un- uncut like 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 BET. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank y'all for joining us in the, in the live man, show. What here, happened Pete? to the
3: poster D? Which one? The uh uh, what's his name? Um, no, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. You're
1: thinking. You're thinking of
3: that's oh okay. no! Yeah, yeah, all, no, no
1: pitbull for me. White, all bald white men
3: don't <laughs> yeah. look like Ryan. Just Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my! that's dead. <laughs> Maybe we will get Dash on one of these days.
1: Yeah,
3: Mister Foreign no, Objects that, himself.
1: No, that that <laughs> would be the SVP Uncut episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank y'all for for joining us. We appreciate it. It was fun. We got we had a um, hundred 47 views and 50 concurrent viewers at one point um, on the live show. So thank y'all again. If you didn't catch the whole episode, the entire episode will be posted on YouTube yep. and the entire episode will be our podcast that we are releasing this upcoming week, not on Patreon, but if you are a patron, if you want to listen to that ad only episode, you will have the chance to do so much love to our guy. I don't think even think I told like the story of just how crazy this community is i I think it's a perfect way to end it you should you should tell yeah, it is so we dash said if we get him on the on the potty that we're gonna regret it um <laughs> uh for Jay's birthday uh, there was a, a a food experience event um that had a lot of our our favorite shelves you know we watch a lot of cooking competition shows and so it's our thing. So, took her to this event. It was great. Um, just an amazing, amazing time and meeting some amazing chefs. And I text G like a picture where I'm at, and he goes, "My parents are there." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about right now?" And he's like, "No, like, like my parents are there right now." He said they just posted it to their Instagram. And he like I, I
2: sent really him a picture it. of the the menu or whatever, <laughs> and it's literally the same one that Adam just sent me a picture of.
3: Oh, that's crazy.
1: Absolutely. Wow. So I'm, I'm like, okay, now now I got to go meet G's parents. I, got, I just got to go meet them. So um, if you knew where we were, like the restaurant, so if you're or you're in LA, please go try out uh, Girl in the Goat. It's an amazing, amazing restaurant. As long as you don't have the server that I had the second time I was there, the worst experience I've ever had in my life, but they got it right. They, they made it up to me. I never felt racially profiled as much as the second time to the point where I almost fucking... Burn that bitch down. But they, they made it right the second yeah, it was terrible, bro. But um, but I will say the fact that they got it right so much that they still give my get my business should tell you how good that they actually are and how good the customer service is after the second time we went there. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm like, okay, I gotta find I gotta find G's parents, but like we're in kind of like this this ritzy food. Like I can't I'm a I'm like one of the few Negroes there. I can't be like just going around looking at white people's tables. i gotta be careful about it. <laughs> so I'm like, Who? I'm like, send me a picture of like your parents. Why don't you send me a picture of his parents? And so I'm going, I'm looking for, I'm trying to find the name tag. Finally, I find them, and and you know, just introduce myself, give them some love, and I want, I so wanted to like take a selfie to send it back to G, but I wasn't able to do it. But I met G's parents at Girl on the Goat. Just in absolutely insane like this community. The fact that that is a story that I can even tell, like, yes insanely wild just small crazy
2: i definitely sent a text to my parents that was like hey don't be alarmed a black guy is gonna come up to you right now
1: and (laughs) a a, a negro is approaching it's
3: okay it's okay No, I, then, then, I I told oh, them about oh. it and
2: my dad was like, "Tell them to come say hi." So, they're
3: there. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was fine. It was great. And then they then they in, in typical white wealth fashion like went to Australia like the next fucking Yeah, year. they like, they like, went, went to
2: Bali like, and Sydney back. literally the day yeah, after. Yeah. So, well, yeah. yeah. Just
1: living in a different world. But oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> G We we love you, man. Uh, G and Eric and and Dash are absolutely killing it on uh, uh, Chocobo Chasers. Chocobo Chocobo
2: Chocobo Chasers, (laughs)
1: baby! This podcast. Chocobo uh, Chasers, go
3: follow them on YouTube, Spotify,
1: everywhere else, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. Uh, You you might you might find uh, Dash on Fet, Fet Life. What everything? Just just go follow them everywhere that's, that's just for you dash wink um but they you guys are killing it uh, i'm so proud of you guys and and the guests that you're able to get on and just yes talk to you guys and just it, the best video game podcast that there is out there bar none we are proud for proud to call them one of our affiliate podcasts and so check them out G, thank you for coming on uh we'll be back this upcoming week i think the next episode the ryan and i are going to do we might Dive into some draft, fucking draft prospects a little bit. Getting, getting my, my toe, my, my toe getting in the water just a little bit. Just a little, my uh, low, my <laughs>
3: little, she my little Excel getting long, bro. Getting long.
1: I'm gonna say that this is a, a white well for for us as a podcast this draft season. I'm gonna reach out to our old friend Scott Wright and see oh. how he Scott. Scott was, if you remember Scott, when he was doing podcasts on Draft Countdown, he could he would talk to prospects on on yep. on draft. We'll hit up Scott, you know, see how we how we can get lot to on the podcast, bro. I, I gotta get, I mean, we he's out here in LA, UCLA. We got to make it happen. I want I want to get lot to on this bitch, bro. So that's that's a, to, a goal. Uh, we're gonna try to do uh, hopefully this draft season. But that said, thank y'all for the support, uh, like subscribe. We'll be back this upcoming week that we're out peace